When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Grab the crayons and pull out the coloring books. It's time for audio cartoons on the Saturday Story Circle. Right here on the Mutual Audio Network. The following audio drama is rated G for general audience. Chapter 2 27 minutes later, Abigail's father returned home from work. Henry Brannigan was a pleasant-looking man, who would describe himself as completely average and ordinary in every way, and would say so with a contented smile on his face that said that he was totally at peace with this idea and found it good. And yet, in the admittedly short time that his daughter had run a detective agency in his garage, he had taken the entire thing in stride, as if nothing was out of the ordinary in the least. Abigail was never entirely sure if her father was supportive or in deep denial. But she suspected that was just an act that he put on because he worried that if he was too supportive, she might open a fish farm or an astronaut training center next. On this particular day, Mr. Brannigan was all smiles as he opened the front door and set his work bag by the door in the same spot as always. Uh, Abigail! he called in a bright and cheery voice. I'm home! There was no reply, which was often the case, and Mr. Brannigan did not seem entirely concerned, although he had expected his daughter to be back early from whatever adventure she was having today, as he expected that she, like her parents, would be excited to see her brother Jeremy, who was coming home for the weekend. Jeremy was quite a bit older than Abigail, and had just finished his second year at university, about two hours away by bus. The summer before, he had come back to the house on Beechnut Street, and the summer job that he had worked every year when he was in high school. But this year, he had a job on campus. He said it was a great opportunity, and his parents had to admit that it was. And it certainly paid much better than another summer at the mini-putt, but it had been hard on his parents to have him away so long. As the most junior employee, he had even had to work through the July long weekend, but was given a make-up holiday afterwards, and all of the Brannigan clan would be together. Mr. Brannigan was excited, and his wife was excited, and they had just assumed that Abigail was too. Mr. Brannigan whistled happily between his teeth for a moment, then stopped suddenly, almost certain that he had heard a crash. He stopped and listened, frozen with his lips still pursed, ready to continue whistling at a moment's notice if this should all prove to be a false alarm. He heard voices shouting at one another coming from somewhere, perhaps the garage? Mr. Brannigan's lips gave up on the idea of whistling and passed a small sigh instead. The noise coming from the garage was not exactly heartwarming, but at least it was familiar. He walked down the hall toward the door to the garage, and as he passed through the kitchen, 
he spotted something that he did not expect to see. The door to his left branched open onto a hall that led back toward the living room. But on the other side of that hall, directly across from the kitchen doorway, there was an entrance to a small office space in which the Brannigan's main desktop computer was located. Seated at the computer, and looking just as surprised as Mr. Brannigan did, was a smallish boy, about Abigail's age, in the act of hooking something into the computer that Mr. Brannigan could not see. "'Uh, hello?' Mr. Brannigan said, puzzled. "'Can I, uh, help you with something?' Mm, "'I don't think so,' the boy said softly, continuing to work. "'I have everything I need.' "'Oh, good,' Mr. Brannigan said, surprised but not displeased, stepping through the hallway and into the small office's doorway. "'Good, yes. Uh, can I, uh, just ask something?' "'I don't see why not,' the boy said, looking up at Mr. Brannigan as he typed. "'Right,' Mr. Brannigan said, running out of steam a little bit. "'Um, what are—no, <laughs> that's not. "'What I mean to say is, who exactly—I <laughs> mean, I'm Timothy Gould, sir,' Timothy said, letting his host off the hook. "'Timothy Gould, yes!' Mr. Brannigan said, as if he knew exactly who that was. There was a small pause. "'You have no idea who I am, do you?' Timothy asked. "'I really don't,' Mr. Brannigan admitted. "'I'm sorry. You, you look like a boy in Abigail's class, but I am a boy in Abigail's class,' Timothy said, because it was true. "'Oh,' Mr. Brannigan said, "'wondering if this wasn't all getting rather ahead of schedule for him once again. "'I'm sorry. Abigail never mentioned you. "'I mean, I don't mean that. I just mean it's all right,' Timothy said. "'She had no idea that I existed either.' "'Oh,' Mr. Brannigan said, still confused. "'She does know now, though, doesn't she?' "'Timothy nodded and poked at the keyboard.' Yes, sir, he said. I help out with a detective agency sometimes. Mr. Brannigan snapped his fingers and pointed at Timothy. You're the consultant, he said, pleased to know what was going on at last. Yes, sir, Timothy agreed. Though I may have recently been promoted to associate. What is the difference? Mr. Brannigan asked politely. Timothy shrugged. It mm, hasn't been made clear to me just yet, he said. "'Well, I'm sorry, Timothy,' Mr. Brannigan said. "'Abigail has mentioned you, of course. "'She just never mentioned that... that you were a boy.' Timothy nodded. "'I imagine she would say that detail is not relevant,' he said. "'I beg your pardon?' Mr. Brannigan said, surprised. "'I don't think she cares,' Timothy said simply. "'Is it a relevant detail to you, sir?' Well, Timothy, he began, I suppose perhaps it is. A little. Timothy nodded again. If it helps, sir, I'm a library volunteer, a straight-A student, and your daughter could beat the living tar out of me without breaking a sweat if she had to. Mr. Brannigan nodded. It does help, actually, he said, nodding. 
All three of those were very relevant facts indeed. Thank you. Yes, sir, Timothy smiled, going back to the screen. Mr. Brannigan looked at the screen briefly and did not recognize anything on it. What was it that you were doing exactly? he asked. At that moment, there was a loud crashing sound from the direction of the garage, and two voices were raised even louder in disagreement. Mr. Brannigan looked at Timothy apologetically. <laughs> Abigail's brother, Jeremy, is home for sort of a long weekend, he said. Yes, Timothy agreed. You uh, met him, I take it? Mr. Brannigan asked. Timothy shook his head. I didn't know who he was, he admitted. He was just taking the office apart and shouting something about his weights. Oh, dear, Abigail's father said. Yes, Jeremy used to have some weightlifting things set up in the garage. <laughs> he didn't really use them. Not in a long time. He seems to be upset they were moved. Not as upset as Abigail was, Timothy said, shivering at the memory. I thought she was going to fistfight him on the spot. So, you came in here to use the computer, Mr. Brannigan said, confused. I did what I was told, Timothy agreed. I had faith that if the man had been a burglar, she would have told me to call the police, not upload the camera data. Yes, I suppose she would, Mr. Brannigan agreed, before really processing what he had just heard. I'm sorry, did you say, uh, camera data? Yes, Timothy said, nodding at the video camera. Which was the object that was plugged into the computer? It's footage from one of our cases. Evidence. I'm backing it up to a cloud storage site so nothing can happen to it. I think you had better show me this camera data, Mr. Brannigan said. Really? Timothy said, surprised. I don't know what you would say about that. I'm afraid I'm going to have to insist, Timothy, he said sternly. I just came home to find a boy that I don't know uploading video to the internet. I just... I think you should just show me what this video is. Timothy shrugged. All right, he said, opening up the video files. But if she finds out, I'm going to tell her that you forced me to show you. I did, Mr. Brannigan said. Which should make it easy to remember, Timothy agreed as the video started to play. Mr. Brannigan and Timothy watched in silence as the video played through the evidence in the case of the Point Park Pirates, as Abigail had named it. The witness statements were a little dry, Timothy thought, but the final reel of the face-off in the park made up for it. I'm sorry it's a little shaky here, he said at one point. I was a bit nervous. Mr. Brannigan nodded, but did not say another word until the video was over. So you're uploading this video to prevent those bigger boys from uh, seeking retribution, is that right? Timothy frowned. Retribution means get back at us, doesn't it? he asked. Yes, Abigail's father nodded. Then yes, Timothy agreed. Timothy, hmm. Mr. Brannigan seemed to be searching for the right question. This, uh, detective business, is it dangerous? There was another loud crash heard from the garage. It feels less dangerous than what's going on in there, the boy said with a shrug. Oh, <laughs> that's just brother-sister stuff, 
Mr. Brannigan said. Nothing unusual there. There was another crash, larger and louder than before. Well, that might be a bit unusual, actually, Mr. Brannigan said, turning back to the door. At that moment, the door to the garage burst open, and Jeremy Brannigan staggered through, holding his left arm. Dad! he cried indignantly. Hello, son! his father beamed. Dad, what the heck's going on around here? Jeremy protested. Abby just threw a lawn chair at my head. Then why are you holding your arm? Timothy asked with a frown. Jeremy looked astonished, as if he were noticing Timothy for the first time, which might have been the case. She missed and hit me in the elbow, he said simply, wondering who this person was. Then she probably didn't throw it at your head, Timothy said, putting the cables away and sliding off the chair. She doesn't miss what she's aiming at. Excuse me. I should really help clean up. Are you in the mood for a good laugh? <laughs> or maybe a good scream? How about some childlike wonder? Or a thought-provoking mystery? Then get your ears ready for a treat, because the Mutual Audio Drama Network presents shows every day for your enjoyment. Each day is a different genre featuring the talents of a huge pool of audio drama masters. Oh, and some clever comedy creators as well. <laughs> Subscribe to the Mutual feed and get them all, or choose the genres you really love. Ooh. You'll find the Mutual Audio Network at all your favorite places, like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, EarBuddies, Podcastorama, Casting Call, Cod past and wherever quality shows are found. Okay, I made a few of those up. Or simply go online to MutualAudioNetwork.com. And of course, it's all free. free. The free. Mutual Audio Drama Network. Listen and imagine together. Maintaining social distancing, of course.